Hello there, everyone. This is GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic talk with CEO Matthias Hoffman. I'm Roger Manus with Business Radio X. Hi, Matthias. How are you? Hey, Roger. I'm great. Thank you very much. Weather is not that good today here in Atlanta, but still we have a great guest here with uh, Sonja Heinrich, member of the executive committee of Ika Hoffmann GmbH and here in the U.S., the president of uh, Hoffmann, Ika Hoffmann USA Inc. And of course, Sonja is on the board of directors of our chamber here. So. Hello, Sonja. Round Thank of applause. you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, um, welcome to our show and uh, glad to have you here. As, as Matthias mentioned, we are in the GACC South offices in Midtown Atlanta, the Atlantic Station area, overlooking what normally is a gorgeous city, but it's very cloudy and misty today. So. Yeah, can't even, you know experience the great view today because it's so foggy yeah but we're, we're trying not to let the weather depress us we're, we're no. all fired up and excited that you're here and um first and foremost for people who might follow us on social media where we have pictures you and matthias are sitting in a strandkorb which i have missed perfect pronunciation <laughs> Absolutely perfect. and when is the last time you sat in one of these oh my god it's probably Maybe 10 years ago in Sylt on vacation. So the Germans, German listeners, they will probably know the island of Sylt um, up in the north of Germany. And they have those there. Um, but that was probably the last time. Yeah, I've been educated. Apparently they're everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but they're common. They're coming, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Even I've here to the southern U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, okay, so... Um, Tell us a little bit about about you and uh, I.K. Hoffman. I, I did a little Googling, so I know a little bit, but you guys are a global brand in staffing, correct? Absolutely correct. So a little bit about myself. My name is Sonia. Um, I'm 33 years old. Um, I took over our U.S. Um, well, operation subsidiary founded in 20, uh, 2007 in 2018. And ever since then, I've been coming back and forth between, or traveling back and forth between the United States and Germany. And overall, Germany, uh, IK Hoffman, as you said correctly, um, is a staffing company. So we deal with staffing needs of our clients and we try to uh, staff those open positions either um, by putting temporary associates um, in place at our clients or by um, permanent placement staffing. Okay. Are your clients international or yes. are, are all of them international? No. Okay. No, okay. not so all of them. They don't have to be. No, they uh. don't. Some of the clients we, we serve, um, we serve in many places, not just in Germany or not just in the United States. Um, there's multiple clients that um, we serve in, in many locations, um, in many countries, but there's certainly also small and medium enterprises that need our help. All right. So what are, what are the challenges in today's economic climate? Oh, you really want to go down that road? <laughs> That's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And I think staffing has changed. Um, everybody everybody um, in the business environment knows how recruiting has changed over the last years, especially over the last three years. Um, ever since um, we experienced that, um, that pandemic across the, the entire globe. Um, but yes, staffing has certainly changed um, since, since my mother uh, founded the business in 1985 um, and has become more digital, uh, more automated, I would say, but only in the favor of the clients and candidates that we really get to spend quality time with them and not with the administrative side of the business. So um, do you, are your clients one specific industry or is it anything? 
it's anything. It's yeah. um, I would say across Hoffman uh, globally, um, we are very much found in the automotive sector. Um, so we help um, a lot of um, car manufacturers and their suppliers um, finding the right talent for their operation. But um, it's also um, hospitals, for example, in COVID times, we we cleaned the the sheets on the on the hospital beds um, oh, because wow. obviously there was a higher demand um, for that. Um, we help bottle the vaccines, um, so it's it's everything you can basically think of where people work. That's where we come into play. Well, and Matthias with with their this company having legs here and legs in Germany. I mean, this is your wheelhouse, right? For, exactly, for the chamber. <laughs> exactly. And of course, the company name is pretty cool, right? Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I like that one as well. No, but it's it's fantastic to, to hear what you're doing. And uh, also the story about Ika Hoffman here in the US. And, you know, they, they just celebrated their 15th year anniversary here in the US. Congratulations. Happy Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love the story. So Sonia and her mother, you know, at, at their gala, at their little, let's say, you know, anniversary event um they kind of told the story how they ended up being here in atlanta so i think that that would be interesting for our listeners as well yes so my my mother decided in um 2007 she actually wants um, a u.s uh, operation so she wants to take the ik hoffman brand to the united states and she always dreamt of an office in new york city overlooking, you know, um, Central Park and the skyline and Manhattan and all of that. Um, so I guess, our, I guess our TV shows make it to Germany and people buy into the whole... Central, and the whole idea, yeah. you know, having like, like. sitting there overlooking um, the right. beautiful skyline. And then she met um, the the former mayor of the city of Atlanta, Shirley Franklin. Oh, okay. Um, she was with a delegation coming to Nuremberg, our hometown, and they got to know each other and she actually fell in love with the idea of of Atlanta because Nuremberg and Atlanta are sister cities. Okay. So um, she she thought, well, I can go to New York City later and, you know, have a branch there. But I actually want to be headquartered in Atlanta. And this our is our how, weather's better. The weather is better. <laughs> Everything's better. Everything's better. <laughs> Our sports teams. Our absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, well, that, that, then uh, kudos to Mayor Shirley Franklin, who mm-hmm. built that relationship with your mother. And, and I guess this is true in any business. And Matthias, both of you can comment on this. Just the importance of relationships, regardless of what you do. You count on that in your line of work as well. Oh, absolutely. I think it's all about, you know, knowing people, um, knowing where to go if you have an, you know, an, a new idea or an issue arising, who to call. Um, I think this my entire work ethic is around what I cannot do myself. I need people that help me show the way or tell me how to do it. Um, I mean, coming to the U.S., I was 28 and I had no idea about staffing in the United States. Um, so I had a great team here. Um, that showed me how the operational work is done. Um, and that was a great experience back then because we thought we come to the United States and we do it the German way and we miserably failed. Um, so by now we, we really know that we are an American company with a German heritage, but we are an American company here. Okay, could you expand on that a little bit? You just said you try to do it the German way. but So what does that mean? What are the differences and what did you have to adjust? 
Just one example. So in Germany, we have to follow a lot of laws, regulation when, it's com when it comes to our business model. So we implemented the German processes in the United States and we found, oh, in Germany, we have 32 steps that we need to do to be able to hire a person. 32? Yeah. To hire a person. Yes, that's... <laughs> That's very normal in Germany. Okay. But, you know, according I'm, to your face. <laughs> I'm a little stunned. <laughs> it's not normal in the United States. So um, it was about, you know, reducing the steps, of course, and, and doing it the American way because the German way did not work. Well, it, it seems like a lot of steps. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of steps. My, my CEO, Andy Decker, um, he laughs about that. He's really like, oh, my God, I cannot believe you had anyone else working with that many steps. Right. Okay. And I want to circle back around to one thing you said, you know, you were talking about during COVID people working on the sheets or just the vaccines. Do, do some of these people work for you and then you just place them temporarily, but they're working for you. But in other places you are placing people full time to go work for exactly. somebody else. Both ways. Okay. Both ways. So what are the, uh, what are the pros and cons? Well, um, I think, Right now, the, the pros definitely are that you are flexible with your, with your workforce, especially our business model in Germany, uh, where we have the people on our payroll and they're an uh, um, employee of IK Hoffman, a full employee of IK Hoffman. Um, that gives our clients the flexibility they need because in these uncertain times, you never know when do I have peaks in production, when do I need more people to be able to deal with my peaks of production. And, and when will I maybe not need them that much, um, especially now with the energy crisis in Germany? Um, right. People are very um, uncertain at the moment of how um, things will play out and how, how the situation will develop. So they love that kind of flexibility. At the same time, um, when you hire on somebody permanently, that is a way to, to save the talent for your company, right? So you hire a company that... Um, that you tell, okay, I'm, I'm, the person I'm looking for is a very specific skill set and we find that person and that is a good idea then to secure that talent for you. Let, let me ask you here. <clears throat> so looking at the situation right now, the German economy is in trouble. We all know that, yes. right? Energy prices, etc. Ukraine war. Uh, here in the US, we see quite a positive development. We just conducted our, our world business outlook here for... For the whole world, but also for the United States. And we see that, you know, the U.S., the companies here, the German companies are doing rather fine. 39% want to increase their investments. And also, and I brought a couple of numbers here in terms of um, workforce. So 49% of the surveyed companies in the U.S. need more personnel in the next 12 months. Mm -hmm versus 35% only worldwide. So that's a big gap. And also Germany uh, will probably not produce the, the 49% number. So is that something, something that you feel as a company? We do. Um, and I would even go so far that we feel it around, uh, around the globe in every country, uh, country that we're present in, that people are needed. Um, and you try to find of new ways how you really want to attract that talent. Um, We're thinking about right now, for example, for example, in Germany, we have a project um, we're bringing in a community um, or starting a community of people coming from Spain. Um, you would probably not think that there's a big, um, yeah, a big 
excitement going from Spain to Germany, but we're actually able to to find that talent, um, bring them to Germany, and then it's essential that you care for those people. That is that you build a community around them. Um, you know, help help them going to um, the doctors or or all the bureaucratic stuff um, that we actually help them so we can have that community there so they actually want to stay. So being a global company, international company, you touched on this, Matthias, the economics of the world affect each other, but yeah. there are parts of the world where maybe doing better. Yeah. But yet as a company, so one, one part of your company may be hitting, be, being uh, things are a little tougher right now than they are here in the States. Oh, yeah. Um, the good thing about us, for example, in Germany, where maybe the common economic situation is a little bit more difficult at the moment, right. is that we are in different, working with different industries. So even though some industries might be hit by the current situation or might be more affected, there's other industries that are less affected. So, and everybody needs people. So while we recognize the fact that some industries might not be doing well or might not have that forecastability at the moment, um, knowing when I need people, when I need additional staff, there's other industries that know they will. So there's an increase in demand in certain industries while the demand is going down in others. And when you say when you say people, and since you deal with a variety of clients in a variety of industries, is this everything from highly educated uh, to you know somebody working on an assembly line? Absolutely, everything, everything. in between. Everything. Um, there's a um, uh, a platform um, in uh, a job job seeker platform in Germany, and the CEO just wrote a book, and it says it's not just certain skills of people missing it's the entire workforce that is impacted and missing the book is called Arbeiterlosigkeit for everyone speaking German um, it's a good read um, but he basically established that, that entire new phrase um, that it's not just certain people missing it's everything missing but the question here um, what I read a lot is kind of like the challenge to bring back the boomers so yeah. We see that after COVID, a lot of the workforce returned, basically, but it's kind of like on the extreme edges, the very young and the very old people that are still missing. Is there a kind of a strategy how to get those people 55 and plus back? There's different strategies around that. I would even go as far as saying it's also the women mm -hmm. that in many cases have not returned back to work um, because um, I think ever since COVID – also family dynamics sort of have changed or there's a shift in priorities also. So it's not just the boomers, but I think a great majority of women are also missing. Um, and I think we try to work with our clients to oftentimes educate around that fact and to see whether there are solutions. So we can offer, for example, part-time obviously in a shift model that might be a little bit more difficult, but we're trying to give people the flexibility they need after this pandemic to be able to go back to the workplace. Well, and part of that flexibility, it dawns on me when the, the people who actually are employed by you that you loan out <laughs> for lack of a better word, 
uh, you're taking care of benefits, right? And you're yes. taking care. And so this this client of yours who may have an ebb and flow to when they need 100 people or 10 people, they also have that headache removed. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But the, the I, I also like your, your, your discussion about the full-time talent. That's brain talent. That's people that are, that are, that you want to, you know, keep. So there's, there's, there's two ways of looking at it based on client need. Absolutely. And we are very happy that we can offer those two services out of um, uh, our, our operation here in the United States. Uh, Matias, how many steps were there before you got hired at this job? (laughs) (laughs) 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, and excuse my ignorance here, being the American, what is the normal retirement age in, in Germany or in Europe in general? I, w- I would say it's somewhere between 60 and 65. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's probably the same here. Yeah. Um, uh, some people some people are just going to be work forever because that's how they're built, yeah. <laughs> regardless of where they're from. Yeah. And some people want to retire early because that's just what, how they're built. So. You, your mother started the company, so you grew up in this. Did you ever have any choice to work anywhere else? <laughs> yes, and I actually worked somewhere else. <laughs> okay. so. so tell us about your background. Um, so um, I went to a boarding school, actually, in Switzerland. And in, uh, once I graduated and I got my, my German Abitur, um, so the equivalent to the high school diploma, <laughs> um, I had the great idea to move to London and to start my undergraduate program there. And um, I had a quick move to San Sebastian in, in Spain, returned to London, finished the program, and then came to Munich to actually ha- um, do my, my master's degree there. And my mother was always ready to um, help me get a job. And I said, no, I want to do it without you. I want, I want to find my own job. Um, and really at the first step, um, I never planned on going into the staffing recruiting um, industry. So with a big um, broadcasting network in Germany, I signed a contract and then I met someone who worked as a headhunter. So really executive search head headhunting. And I thought, Okay, forget about the broadcasting job. Um, I really need to work this job. Um, it's everything I love. And so I ended up in staffing and recruiting services. And I worked in Munich um, as a, as a headhunter um, for finance, finance and accounting positions in the Munich area. And after a while, um, I thought, okay, so this is, a good industry to be in. I love working with people. I love working with clients. I love connecting the right people with the right clients. This is actually what my family business does. <laughs> yeah, so why am I working somewhere else? <laughs> so after a couple of years, um, I actually had a conversation with my mom and she was already ready. She, she, she was already like, okay, when are you coming? So I thought, okay, now it's time. So now I know enough to be able to stand for myself and speak for myself from my own experience when I entered the family firm. Um, well, that's good. So yeah, yeah. then so, I came to, to Hoffman. Let, let me ask you this, because we, it's, it's the third edition of our podcast. We had two males on the mm-hmm. podcast, and it was very important for me to have a female here sitting mm-hmm. right now, just to, to send a good sign also to mm-hmm. our audience. Um, are you facing obstacles or hurdles as a woman in a leadership position? 
I think it would be unfair to answer that question because obviously um, I'm in a leadership position and I don't, f I personally don't face any obstacles um, or feel discriminated because um, I'm, I'm a woman at all. Um, but also my situation is different within the company. So I don't want to speak for women who maybe, you know, I call it a privilege who don't have that privilege to work for their own mother. Mm. So I, I think it would be unfair to say, oh, no, there's no such thing, because I'm sure um, that that many women face those mm. uh, those issues. Um, what I experienced was more the obstacle because of my age. Oh, interesting. So um, uh, coming into a family organization where – Obviously, my mother founded the company in her 30s, so she hired a lot of people in their 30s, and these people stayed. So we have a lot of um, colleagues in Germany. I have a lot of colleagues in Germany that are with the company for 30 plus years. And all of a sudden, the daughter is coming in and explaining how the world works. Um, <laughs> and, and not only that, they remember you probably as a little girl. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's hard, to, it's hard for them to switch that respect gear in their brain. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that was, m for me personally, more of an obstacle than the fact that I'm a female. Right. And, and if you look at the awards and merit of orders that her mother got, you know, that's big footsteps to fill, right? It's big footsteps to fill, but I try to not fill those footsteps. I rather leave my right. marks beside those footsteps because those footsteps, those shoes are too big to fill. Well, it sounds like if she started this in the mid '80s, she was a pioneer. She was, you know, um, and if if she would be sitting here, she could probably tell you more about the fact um, that that there's definitely been disadvantages just because of. The fact that she was a woman, she was working for a Swiss company and eventually she was really good at her job. And eventually um, she realized she will never get promoted, especially working in a company um, that's coming from a country where not even all women are allowed to vote yet. Wow. Okay. What is, what is your relationship like with uh, GACC South here and how important is that to you guys? So for us, it's a very important relationship um, because... First of all, um, they helped us get set up from the start. So we've always been, um, as far as I remember, we've been a member company. Yeah. Um, and those networking events, obviously for us, um, uh, are very important because you meet clients there or future clients. Um, so, so that has definitely always been a factor. My mother used to be a, a member of, of the board um, of directors because of the fact that she could not be here as often as I was or am here, um, we decided that I would take on that chair. So when your mother, when y'all decided to launch your United States entity and you did it here in Atlanta, did you start it from scratch here? No, oh, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I took it over in 2018. 2018. Okay. And how, but it's been here 15 years. I'm yeah. sorry. We, we touched on that earlier. So as As, so as a member of the GACC South, that helps you create connections absolutely, with, with clients and potential future clients. So what about in return? 
What does is, what is your relationship with them mean, Matthias? It's super important for us as well. You know, like if we have on our board companies that are active in both countries or even more countries, we, we get the full scope of information that we need. You know, sometimes you, you read in the news, unemployment is at factor X, etc. You know, those, those are macroeconomic data, which come pretty late, you know. So if you speak to people from the real economy, leadership positions, you know, you get you get information that is just hot from the street, you know, I, I can ask, ask her, you know, maybe not on the podcast, but in a private talk, you know, like, <laughs> hey, how is the staffing situation in automotive? How is the staffing agent is situation in, in energy? So, so that's kind of like, you get a f much faster feedback than if you just listen to macroeconomic trends and data. So that's, that's a really, really important piece of information for us. How often are you back and forth from Germany? So prior to the pandemic, I believe it was all six to eight weeks, um, so so pretty regularly. During um, the hard times of COVID, I actually had um, uh, an exemption to be able to fly to the United States, um, and I I would say today it's at least four times a year, four to five times a year. And and Matthias, how often are you back and forth? You travel, but it's not just Germany, is it? You travel lots of places. I travel lots of places, and <laughs> honestly, we have eleven states to take care of. Right. So, so I should be more in Germany that I actually am able to travel. But you know, in the end, you know, we, I have to deal with the eleven states, and then it's kind of like four or five times per year that I'm going back, back and forth to Germany <laughs> what on is, a professional level. What's the time change? How do you handle the jet lag? <laughs> oh God, that actually became an issue for me before. It was no problem at all. I could instant adjust. And ever since the last time I came to Atlanta, which was in, in fall, um, I get a jet lag going back. So it's not the, the, the worst to come here because I can adjust easily, but going back, it takes three to four days to actually, you know, adjust. And what are your, what were your thoughts on living in America before and and now that you've got a few years under your belt, I still love it. Yeah, um, I don't think I could ever fully live here. Um, I miss my schnitzel <laughs> and my leverwurst. Um, no, I, I have my family at home. Um, I have um, a family business that waits for me uh, at home. Um, but I'm always very happy when I get to to travel to the United States. And what is uh, what does twenty twenty three look like here as we as we approach a new year? What does twenty twenty three look like for IK Hoffman? Um, I think there's great things ahead for us. Um, I think the company is in an extremely good shape. Um, I have a great team here. Um, I we deliver world class service um, that is proven by our NPS score. Um, everybody can um, uh, check that. Um, I think. I'm really, really proud of what my team does over here and how much um, they value the purpose they are doing. Um, that, that goes a long way for me because the company was once found on the belief um, that everyone should be able to have a job and be able to provide for their family. And while today we have a shortage um, of talent and people maybe not necessarily need us to find a job, there's been other times. There's been times when people needed staffing companies to be able to provide for their family and put a roof over the head. So I'm very, very proud of the work um, that 
all IKEA Hoffman people, um, employees do all over the world because I think it's 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 such an um, rewarding purpose, business purpose. Um, but aside from that, I think the the U.S. organization is in great shape. I think they're set up um, digitally to really be able, what I said initially, focus on the work that actually has a direct interface with another human being and all the administrative, you know, tasks around the job that we do, we um, are mostly able to automate that. Well, you mentioned, of course, we've talked about the United States and Germany. Where else are your, where else do you have branches? So um, Germany, obviously the, the, the biggest um, presence than Austria, um, Switzerland, Italy, um, Hungary. Wow, sounds like a world Czech tour. Republic. <laughs> sounds like a vacation Slovakia. tour. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite a few countries. Wow. Um, and and wh what kind of, I know it's a, a different number because when you find a placement for somebody and they're taking full time, but what is your staff number uh, that of, of, of people that you have under your umbrella that you can loan out? It's approximately 20,000 people worldwide. Wow. This is big time, Matthias. Uh, cannot <laughs> compare it to a German Chamber of Commerce, right? <laughs> but nevertheless, we do good things here too. Right? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, and I know you've, you guys have had a good year and looking forward to 2023. As we kind of wrap up 2022 here, you, wanna, yeah. you got anything on your mind? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, a recap of our events. And I think we haven't spoken since our gala. That was fantastic. I think 420 little 007s were running around there, you know, like <laughs> connecting and I have to be careful with the legal lingo. We were playing casino games. We were not gambling, right? <laughs> no, it was, it was fantastic. So the casino Royale uh, uh, theme was, was really excellent. And I think so Sonia and, and her team, they were, of Oh, course they present. loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that was good. And then after that, we just continued, you know, we had our, our uh, e-mobility forum in, in Nashville, that was great. Eight German companies came over, um, partially exporting, partially trying to invest here in the U.S., you know, in the e-mobility sector. After that, we had two Bundesliga clubs, Cologne and Stuttgart in Texas, did great things with them. Also a friendly match between them. And by the way, I think mm -hmm. you're still Jersey Jersey sponsor of Kreuter Fürth. Yes. Right? Yes. Second division. Let's team not team. talk about it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Everyone who knows Kreuter Fürth knows what I'm talking right, about. Right. So. Well, I'm in the dark. But <laughs> Better. Well, I'm from Stuttgart. We're in the first division. Let's yeah. put it that way. So um, then, no, then we continue to... I understood so. that. That was a sports reference. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, we, we continued with a delegation in the photonics and optics sector in Orlando, Florida, and then cruising all across Florida with uh, those companies. That was super interesting. Um, and now back here in Atlanta, last last events, wrapping up here, planning for the new year, 2023, a lot in stock. It already gets me sweaty when I think about how many <laughs> events we're going to have there. So so one of the major ones I would like to touch upon is is like we, we on an annual basis, we, we deliver like it's, it's called the German-American Business Outlook, a survey amongst German companies here in the U.S. And we're going to host that event for the first time here in Atlanta in early February. And we, we're going to start uh, coming out with the survey questions at the beginning of the new year. So everybody who's listening right now, 
beginning of the new year, check our website, check our our, our social uh, social profiles for that uh, link to the survey because it's super mm-hmm. important to to get a, a good number of par- participants to really have you know valuable answers to our surveys, and then in. Early February, we're gonna uh, come out with the results of it. So that's gonna be very interesting to see. You know, like how's the how's the personnel situation? Oh, look absolutely. Like? How, how the supply chain situation look like? You know, because we still hear about certain disruptions. Definitely got better, but still not good. Uh, so that's gonna be really interesting. Then, of course, uh, we're we're coming back with our SME Business Development Conference in Charlotte uh, in April, and you know, even. Talking about gala dates and gala location for the 2023 oh, you gala. Like your, right? You like your galas, don't you, Matisse? Oh, we love them. <laughs> we love, love that. We love. We love that gala. <laughs> but okay, wrap, wrapping up. Honestly, I, I, w- I would like to to thank our listeners, especially our members, for an amazing year. I think we had like 70 plus events, activities of the chamber. So so really coming back strong after the pandemic in 2022, grown the team, gained new members, made new partnerships, really grateful for all the opportunities to work with and and for our members, basically. So, yeah, perfect supporting and, uh, you know, flourishing the transatlantic business here. So thank you, everyone who's listening in. And I would... Give the last words to Sonia. Well, go ahead, Sonia. I was going to ask you, what's what's yeah. contact information, your website for either businesses that are looking for staffing needs or people, an individual who's trying to find a new opportunity and place to work? How can they, how can they connect with you guys? So our website is www.hoffmanusa.com. Okay. Um, and you find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, yeah, you, that's pretty much it. Are you TikToking? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I think I'm too old for that yeah, already. We, we, we can't stop Matthias from TikToking. He's, he's, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Maybe you have an incognito profile. Oh, <laughs> oh I do too. <laughs> uh, uh, well, any final thoughts uh, from you, Sonia? No, it was a pleasure to be here. I think this is great. Um, I think the podcast is great. So I hope... Um, it gets good feedback, and yes. I'm definitely going to look forward to all the, the podcasts and the great things that German-American Chamber of Commerce is doing in the next year. Great. Thank you so much, Sonia. Thank you both for being here. This has been great. You've been listening to GACC South Unplugged, a transatlantic talk with CEO Matthias Hoffman. I'm Roger Manus with Business Radio X. Thank you so much for listening.